You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Got another loaded show. Lots of stuff to touch on. 60 minutes to run through it all. So let's get rolling right off the bat. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The Daily Poll question is up for today. It is out there for you, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Switch it up a little bit. We've done some baseball here. We've done some uh, Knicks, obviously. Get back into the football as well. Week 15 opens up tonight. Jets-Ravens. Who's looking forward to that one, eh? Yeah! Lots of talk about injuries. How many injuries the Jets have? Lots and lots of injuries. Almost a built-in excuse. I mean, how do you expect them to compete against the Ravens? And look, the Ravens are amazing. And the Jets, many adjectives have been used to describe the Jets this year. Amazing has not been one of them. Unless it's like that uh, commercial. I don't remember what it's for. Where the one person saying one thing and the other person saying the exact same thing. But you mean it in completely different ways. So you might say, the Ravens, man, they're amazing. Whereas the Jets, you go, man, the Jets are amazing. You know, it's completely different connotation. But uh, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. We have a, an update also on the investigation of the Astros. And I got to be honest, I kind of like what I'm hearing. So we'll see uh, how that goes. But it doesn't look like anything is going to happen until after the new year, which is not really all that surprising. I just want something before... Spring training rolls around, and that's what the the it seems like. That's the target, right? Before spring training has to be. And is this a is this a misprint? The Knicks won a game. Oh my God! Yes, it happened uh, in the middle of the night, so nobody saw it here. So, but uh, we'll get into that too. So we have a lot of stuff to run through. So in case you're just getting up overnight, Anthony Rendon has a new home, and it's good news for Met fans. No, it did not. <laughs> He did not sign with the Mets. Don't be ridiculous. No, he did not sign with the Mets. He signed with the Angels. So at least he's away from the uh, Washington Nationals. He's off in Anaheim now. Seven years, 245. So the Angels uh, struck out with the pitching, right? So they land another bat. And you would think, well, they need pitching. Yes, they do. But you know what? Their offense wasn't all that great. I mean, they were kind of middle of the pack, run scored, slugging, OPS. So, look, it's another monster contract. Not the way I would have gone. I think they would have been better served to kind of spreading the money around to fill holes. And their pitching is uh, terrible. So I think that would have been uh, the way that most people would have gone. And not just with one guy. Like if they had landed Garrett Cole, I didn't think that that was a good fit either for them or for Cole. Because it's just one guy who pitches every fifth day. It's not like he's the finishing piece on a team that uh, is really all that close to the playoffs. So another fantastic day for Scott Boris, who now between, I think it's four clients... He has landed contracts in the range of almost a billion dollars. I think it's like eight fifty, eight hundred and fifty million dollars. But still, a lot of fallout from the call deal with the Yankees. And I did want to touch on that right off the top. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. You know, it comes in handy because we did the show yesterday for a lot of people. I think that was their first inkling that it happened. Right? It happens overnight. You wake up, you didn't know what happened, so maybe it took a little while to settle in. And then after the show was over, Golik and Wingo get into it. You know, a lot of tweets come in, a lot of people have some opinions, and it's 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 fitting, right? We're December 12th. We've had a couple of snowstorms already. I don't know if there's another one coming anytime soon, but it's very handy that the coal contract came down because it provided us with lots and lots of salt 
for the roads. A lot of salty people. And let's get one thing out of the way, right? Right off the bat. Whenever the Yankees, maybe other teams too, but specifically the Yankees because it happens more often than with other teams that they make a big signing or make a big move. You hear some things that are important and then you hear other things that are just ridiculous. Now, I wasn't in the room. I don't know how it transpired, but I've lived long enough to know that anybody who's bringing up the presence of Andy Pettit in the meeting as being all that much of an important factor. Come on, stop. I've heard this since I was, I don't know, seven years old. The allure of Yankee pinstripes or the history of the Yankees or they grew up as a fan. Garrett Cole, the the top three reasons why Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees were nine years, $325 million. The second reason was nine years, $325 million. And the third reason was nine years and $325 million. Everything else is a distant fourth, if even that. Andy Pettit, with all due respect, could have pulled down his pants and talked out of his butt like Ace Ventura. At nine years, 325, Garrett Cole was on board. Okay? But I love the salt. I love, I love how salty Met fans are, how salty Yankee haters are, Red Sox fans are. It's fantastic. And it's good to see. You know how you know the Yankees did something really good? You get to hear the arguments. Ah, oh, the game of baseball is ruined. This is, ru- this stuff is just ruining baseball. The top point that most people have made, and it might turn out to be true. I don't know. Boy, the Yankees are going to live to regret this contract. Nine years, this is insane. People making it out like Garrett Cole is going to turn into Britt Burns. Britt Burns was a guy the Yankees got, I think it was in a trade, 84, 85-ish, somewhere around there, from the White Sox. And he was an okay pitcher. I think he made like an all-star game or two. Uh, but when the Yankees got him, he had some sort of hip problem, never pitched for the Yankees. So, yeah, if you if you sign any guy for nine years, hell, if you sign anybody for five years, two years, there's a good possibility, at least, especially with pitchers, that somebody gets hurt. But if you look at how Garrett Cole projects, he projects to be someone like a, a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer. This is not the Yankees paying someone to be somebody that they are not, right? The Yankees have made that mistake in the past. Carl Pavano is a perfect example, or Jarrett Wright was a perfect example, or even um, Jacoby Ellsbury, not a pitcher, obviously, but paying them to be somebody that they're not. That was always a thing with George Steinberg. Oh, I'm paying him all this money. Why is he not performing like the money I'm paying? Well, it doesn't work that way. If you look at at Verlander at the age of 28-29, if you look at Scherzer at the age of 28-29, they project very favorably to how Garrett Cole projects. Now, could years 7, 8, 9 be a problem? Yeah, I guess. If you're looking for the negative, am I going to worry about what's going to happen in 2027? No, I'm not. Why? Because I don't think, who knows what, what world we're living in in 2027. Do I think that the Yankees, from what I know about the Yankees 
my entire life that a contract that they signed this year is going to prevent them from winning in 2027? Well, no, I don't. Because I've seen them have other bad contracts on the books, and they've still been able to go out and maneuver one way or another and figure out a way to put a pretty good product on the field. Has the El- Did the Ellsbury contract hold them back any? Didn't seem that way. Look, you can always play the what-if game. What if he gets hurt? What if he's not as good? What if he has a problem with this or that or moving to a new situation? What if he regresses? What if, what if, what if? I would just simply say, if you weren't going, we've run through the names. We, it's not like free agency is the Joker's wild. It's not like you spin a wheel every year and all of a sudden you find, oh, look at this. This guy's now a free agent. No, we know who's going to be free agents for years to come. And we've run through the names. So if you weren't making the move for Garrett Cole, who are you going to make the move for? There's not anybody else this offseason, right? Like, what was your plan? I don't want to spend the money on him. Let's hope that Davey Garcia turns out to be an ace right away. Right? Like, the Yankees' window of opportunity is right now. Let's hope Jordan Montgomery magically turns into one of the best pitchers in baseball. The other thing you keep here, well, 36 This is outrageous. All right, Cole's making 36. Strasburg's making 35. Now, he's got two less years on the contract, but he's also two years older. And he's got a worse injury history. Again, could it turn out to be a bad contract down the road? Will you probably be paying for something down the road that you wish you weren't? Yeah, maybe. But this is not simply just going out and, uh, well, you know what? Don't, I mean, then don't sign anybody. And it's funny because you know for a fact if Garrett Cole lined, signed up with the Dodgers or the Angels or one of the mystery teams, whoever it was, you know that the reaction would have been, the outrage would have been the same. It just would have been focused in a different area. The Yankees are cheap. The Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner, pinching pennies. Here's the guy. Here's the need. They have the money. It all lines up. Now, I didn't like the Stanton contract uh, taking that on at the time. So I'm not going to tell you that no big money contract. I'm, I'm in favor of all big money contracts. But I didn't like the Stanton contract at the time because I didn't think they needed that guy. And you were locking yourself into that guy. Garrett Cole is a guy, yeah, the Yankees do need. They do need to go out or did need to go out and get that one ace that kind of solidifies the rotation. That is the weakest part of the team. Now, I don't want them to be done. It seems like reports are they're going to bring back uh, Brett Gardner. I'm not crazy about that move. I would much rather, if they're going to make one move left here, I'd much rather bring back Dylan Batances and put him back in the bullpen, assuming he's healthy. But this, all this saw... I'm telling you right now, anybody who is bringing, oh, the Cole contracts is going to be a disaster down the road, they would have had a problem if the Yankees didn't sign him. Unless they signed him to a contract. You know what? Scratch that. Even if they signed him to a contract that was like a steal of a deal, right? They got him for $25 million for four years. People would, they would be outraged. Well, oh, it's outrageous the Yankees are able to get this guy for this money. He left money on the... They would be outraged about anything. 
They just don't like the Yankees. And that's fine, but just be honest about it. The other point that I've heard a lot of, and certainly want to hear from you, 1-800-919-ESPN, ties into Jacob deGrom. The fact that Jacob deGrom, his contract was, I think, five years, 137.5. So he's a, he's a huge bargain compared to uh, what the, the salaries are this offseason. The Mets are, are saving a ton of money, and a point I brought up on Twitter. Look, that's huge. That has, has allowed the Mets to go out this offseason and land Jake Marisnik and land Michael Waka. Wow, really taking those savings and boom, right back into the team. But I've heard people say that Jacob deGrom has to be ticked off. Who's he mad at exactly? He wanted to get paid two years away from free agency. Keep in mind, he wouldn't have been a free agent this offseason. He wouldn't have been a free agent until next offseason. So he wanted his money then, and he got his money then. And at the time, certainly a fair contract. Maybe it's a little bit of a of a bargain for the team. Maybe it's not even really top dollar at the time. But he wasn't a free agent. He wasn't going to be a free agent for a very long time. Everybody was screaming and yelling that the Mets had to lock him up two years away from free agency. And for once, the Mets did the right thing. And they got a huge bargain out of it. But who would Jacob deGrom exactly be mad at that he got his money when he wanted to? Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg took a different approach. They bet on themselves, and it paid off. They cashed in, right? DeGrom wanted security, and I don't blame him one bit. If I was in that position and a team came to me and said, look, we're going to – I don't know what he had made up until that point, but whatever he's making on this current deal far outweighs what he had made up to that point. So, yeah, with, with pitching being as, as brittle as it is and as temperamental sometimes it is, injury could happen at any point. I don't blame Jacob DeGrom one bit, and I don't know that he is mad, but people keep bringing it up, oh, he's got to be mad. Who would he be mad at? If he wants to be mad at anything, it shouldn't be that the team paid him when they did. It should be that this team has this amazing this amazing bargain with now a two-time back-to-back Cy Young, and they can't use that bargain to turn into anything of value. They're doing basically nothing in this offseason. And the Mets are maybe not as much, but clearly they're a win-now team too. And right now you'd have to say maybe things change. Maybe they go out and make some deal or, or some signing or something. But right now you'd have to say they're a lot closer to a fourth-place team in the division than they are the first-place team. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mistakes were made. I made it. I am the first to admit when I make a mistake. Might be the only person. To, it seems like that's a quality that's rarer and rarer these days. But no, the poll question is up for today, and it is now up again for today. Because I uh, screwed it up. I'm not going to uh, lie to you and uh, try to, to sugarcoat it in any way. Our poll question is up. And uh, look, uh, today is one of those days where you're, you're trying to figure out what the target could be. right? We could go baseball again. Because uh, the Garrett Cole signing and all that. We could go Knicks because they actually won a game for a change, which, uh, who, I mean, let's be honest. How, how many times are we going to be able to say that? Now, that game happened on the West Coast Golden State last night. So I don't know how many people listening now saw that then. So we can't go that way. I didn't want to, I don't like to go same topic, especially baseball two days in a row. In terms of the poll question, the things that rate the best, A, if you can, Knicks. 
Knicks, people love Knicks, then obviously football is right there with it. And then everything else is kind of second place all the way down the list uh, until you get to the Mets. So we went a little football today because today is the start of Week 15. Jets, Ravens, we'll have the game right here for you on the ESPN New York 98.7 FM. But we know that when you get to the end of the season, the Jets, the Giants are going to be making a coaching change. That is not even really a question. The only question is, will it also come with a change at this point for the GM too? It doesn't feel that way. We mentioned the article from the Boston Globe the other day that it seems like to them, sources are telling them that, that, that Dave Gettleman might be in trouble. So week 15 kicks off tonight. Giants are going to make a coaching change. So we figured today would be a good day to kind of gauge where Giant fans are at. There's going to be a long time to go before you get to the end of the season and the real contenders emerge. But at this point, on December 12th, without knowing whether or not you're going to make a change at GM or not, who do you think would be the best fit for the Giants at head coach? It's clear that Pat Shermer's not going to be back. So we gave you four options. The first four I gave you, I screwed up because, uh, you know, sometimes the coffee's not uh, affecting the brain the way it should. I put Josh McDaniels in there. I think that was kind of based on that Boston Globe report. But I left out Ron Rivera. So that, that, that's obviously a, a huge miss by me. So we have redone the poll. Very rare that I have redone the poll question. So if you voted early, you can vote again. It's like uh, a Chicago election. You can vote early and often. So the four that we gave you, A, Jason Garrett, his name has been out there. And that would, if I had to look at these four and t- and be told that, you know, the Giants are going to definitely make a change and that the ownership is going to be looking for somebody that they trust, Jason Garrett is one that a lot of people think could end up actually happening because you know he's going to be at, almost certainly going to be out in Dallas. Not as much of a certainty as Shermer, but pretty close. Jason Garrett's number one. Matt Rule is number two. Mike McCarthy is number three, and then Ron Rivera is number four. Just swapped out Josh McDaniels with Ron Rivera. So if you voted in the poll question early, please vote again. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, let's get some baseball calls in here. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Jimmy is in Staten Island. Jimmy, what's going on, my man? What you got for me? Hey, Gordon, how are we doing, buddy? Happy uh, holidays. Same to you. Uh, listen, Gordon, you know, I'm a huge Yankee fan. I love the Yankees. I've been following them for 50 years. Uh uh, the kid Cole, I'm glad he's on the team. I, I love the arm. He's fantastic. But here's my thing. And I, believe me, I'm happy he's here because they definitely need a starter like that. But uh, did you have to go out and spend 325 yes. for nine years? Yes. But here's, here's my yeah, question. You did. Would you have made it? But why, did you lose the, why didn't you make it to the World Series? It wasn't the pitching. They didn't hit. Well, no, that's true. But but you have to be fair, Jimmy. Like, the, the, I would agree with you that the offense has to be better, and there's a track record of the offense not clicking in October. So that's true. Uh, but where's the easiest area for them to improve? Like, part of the problem was, too, they need to get more length out of their rotation. Well, can I ask you something? Sure. Would the, I'm, I'm just curious what you think. Me, personally, I mean, I like the kid Cole, but not for that money. But I tell you, could you have spent half and just grabbed Wheeler and, and still made it to a game away from the World Series? Yeah, but see, Wheeler, I mean, Wheeler, he might, you, you might be right, Jim. Right. I, look, it's a lot of money, but you, these guys are going to get paid a lot, a lot of, of money. I, it's not like uh, Zach Wheeler is uh, is not getting paid a lot of money, too. Now, it's only five years, but his, his ceiling might be, it's not going to be Garrett Cole, I don't think, but his ceiling could be high. 
But as I said, his floor might be the bottom of the basement. It might be the sub-basement because of his injury history. And he has never performed uh, on a consistent level. Now, he has ace-like stuff at times, but he has never mm-hmm. performed like an ace over an entire season. Yeah, so I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree with you there. I mean, he... I, anyway, he, yeah, go ahead. You Jim. have a great holiday, All right, man. You, you too. Thank you. I'm going to shut up and let you talk because I love listening to you. Uh, I'll Jim, talk thank to you. you. Could you talk to my wife? Could you get Jimmy my wife's number? Because uh, maybe she could uh, use that. Uh, look, I get it. 325, you see that number. And even, you know, there's certain things that you see sometimes and you say out loud. And it seems weird. Nine years. 325. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't seem high. It is high. But if your question is... Is that what – did you have to do that? Yes, you did. The Dodgers apparently were willing to offer $300 million. They were willing to go, I think it was eight years. So if they were willing to do that, and this is a guy – and this is really the last guy for a while in terms of pitchers available in their prime, top-level guy. We all kind of agree if, if, if Brian Cashman has one kind of weak spot – it is identifying and landing the, 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 the high-end pitcher. Now, he has gotten some. Tanaka has been everything you've hoped for. CC was everything you've hoped for. But in terms of overall, I mean, he does the other thing so freaking well that that's the one area that you'd say, okay, fine. So if that's the area that's the area of weakness, why wouldn't you go out and play at the top of the market? Again, the prices are going to be the prices. Like, I don't think that the parking now is all of a sudden going to be $50. It's $40. It's high enough. I think the beers are still going to be expensive. The ice cream's still going to be expensive. Those delicious sandwiches they have, the, the what is it, the, the prime rib sale, the, the low bell, those are going to still be expensive. They're delicious. I inhale those like uh, George does the ice cream at the U.S. Open. Oh, I love those. Love those. But it's a it's a it's an expensive guy. And nine years, yeah, when you get to – 2027, like I'm caring about 2027. And this that's another one I've heard. How many championships do the Yankees have to win to make this deal worth it? I'll tell you, one. They have to win one. Go get one, and then if you get any others, that would be gravy. But if you go out this year and Garrett Cole pitches like Garrett Cole and the Yankees win the World Series – Nobody's going to be complaining until down the road it, the contract eventually becomes uh, burdensome. But you know what? If you take a look, and I, I can't remember where I saw this. I saw it on Twitter. But if you look at Verlander, Scherzer, and, and at where, where they were at at the age of 28, 29, and what their value has turned out to be now that we've seen them pitch – this contract, if Garrett Cole avoids injury and pitches like Garrett Cole, which is a question, clearly. But if he's able to do that, this deal will not be some albatross that you think. If you're worried about albatrosses, where were you all when I was the lone voice on the station talking about Giancarlo Stanton's contract the minute they before they made it? When there were rumors, I said, hard pass, don't need it, don't mean to make that deal. And I, I stand by that now. Why would you? I, I don't. I didn't like that deal then. Don't like it now. I didn't need to lock yourself into that guy. I'd have preferred to keep some flexibility and uh, and not 
put all those eggs in that basket. This basket I feel good with. And it can always turn out wrong. You can always play the what-if game. Uh, let's go out to Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, how you doing? I'm good, man. What's up? You know, uh, I'm, you know I'm a Mets fan, and but the Yankees fans... Yes. Thank you. I mean, I don't. First of all, I don't understand the Mets. I mean, you see what the Yankees are doing across right. the river, and Michael Walker. I mean, are we Kansas City East? I mean, I don't. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Doing. Yeah. But, but with the Yankees, I mean, Yankee fans realize this: CC's off the books, Didi's gone. That's thirty-one million right there. Yeah. The Yankees print money. I mean, didn't they just? Re- retain, uh, get yes network back for three point five billion dollars. I mean, they they're fine. Right. You know, they're, they're not. Fine. Yeah. They're not going to be. They're not. Hal is not going to be sitting outside of the stadium with a cup of pencils. Right. I mean, he's no, not no, going to have to learn to play the guitar, and he has the guitar case open, and he's hoping to get a couple of dollars. Right. He he won't have his tin cup out. I'm, no. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees they did what they had to do. If the, I didn't know what the Dodgers were offering, but if they were doing eight and three hundred. That's you know, what the, the reports Yankees, are. Who knows, right? Right, right. But still, the Yankees do what they have to do. Where the Mets and sweatpants boy, I mean, <laughs> he just, I mean, he's, I know he's got restraints, but hopefully 2021 will come quick enough and this guy Cohen will start infuse some money to, into us and just, just make, I mean, why couldn't you make a trade or, or get Porcella? You well, know, I mean, I, look, they, I, I don't think that that's completely ruled out, Sal. I mean, they seem like they're still trying to move some money around. Hard to believe there's not a lot of people lining up for the Jed Lowry contract. I, I guess that's not really that much of a surprise. And maybe, maybe you know, it's unfair of me. Maybe we should treat the Mets exactly like we treat the Yankees. Yesterday, I was all fired up for Garrett Cole. Maybe we got to hit the music. Yeah! The Mets making moves. Bring on Michael Walker. Jake Marisnik, come on down! Yeah, that's just, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same. It's weird. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't have the same mm, pep. It doesn't have the same juice. But, uh, look, if, if I'm looking for the bright side for the Mets, I would say this. The fact that Brody has these restraints and really doesn't seem like he can make any moves at all, already makes this offseason probably going to be better than last offseason. The fact that he got all those contracts then, now he can't make it worse. Look on the bright side. There's your silver lining. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Morris on the drive to the foul line. Pull-up jumper. It's good. Morris beats the shot clock. He's got 35, and the Knicks lead by four. All right, so there you go. Not the greatest call in the world, but they're not the big, <laughs> they're not the greatest team in the world. The Knicks won a game last night. They beat the Golden State Warriors, who are even worse now, which is, uh, wow, what a turn of events there. Uh, so the Knicks won last night. That's your moment of inspiration for this Thursday morning. And, and here's the deal. I said this the other day, and the point still remains. With the Knicks, we'll focus on them when something happens. But you have to – now with the move made of Fisdale, you have to know the deal. And the deal is that nothing this season really matters. Until they blow out this front office, clean house, it's really all spitting into the wind, man. I gave them a chance. I went into last offseason believing against the track record, and they blew it. They blew it. 
The track record for Steve Mills was pretty well established. He had one last shot as the guy running the show to prove that he knew more than other people. And he didn't. So you got to probably see by now Ramona Shelburne's article on ESPN.com basically paints the the typical picture of a dysfunctional organization. So, you know, on nights I'll tune in to, to see what R.J. Barrett is doing, and he had a nice game last night, first one in a while. There's the report that the Knicks could uh, trade Marcus Morris for a first-round pick. By all means, go for it. But I can't, I can't get invested in them when they're not really invested in themselves. And you cannot make a legitimate argument that they're doing what is necessary to be done if they leave the people that are in place currently. By all means, go be terrible this year. I would not make any other changes at all in terms of the people in the front office. Let them run the show, because we know what was going to happen if they continue to run the show. They're going to be terrible, and that's what the Knicks need to do. They need to go back into the lottery. Hopefully this year they do even better than last year. Go take your medicine for the decisions this front office made. Don't make it worse. Don't keep digging the hole. Don't go trade for for pieces, win-now pieces, when you are legitimately terrible. Go do what you have to do. Go be terrible. Go get in the lottery, and then go get rid of every single person. So that's the Knicks uh, recap from last night. Not exactly a happy recap, even after a win, but so be it. Now, not all – this is the time of of Christmas and happiness and joy and, and miracles. Apparently, I have not been uh, making too many friends at the station because it got brought up to me yesterday that my review of The Irishman, the movie on Netflix, Martin Scorsese and uh, Robert De Niro, you know, you probably watch or maybe you're making your way through it now. It's a bit of a slog in case you have not heard. And I've reviewed the movie. And really, it's the only review that anybody can legitimately have. And I get it. It's Martin Scorsese. It's Robert De Niro. It's Pacino. It's Pesci. The only review you can have of that movie is it's terrible. It's not a good movie. I, I don't see how – I and look, it'll get all the awards, right, because it's Martin Scorsese and people in Hollywood will, oh, my God, because they want to be in a Martin Scorsese movie. It's not what what the best movie is. We can see that every single year. The best movie generally doesn't win. It's some movie nobody's ever heard. Remember the one, the, the woman who fell in love with the, the creature from the Black Lagoon? What the hell was that again? The woman who loves the fish story? I didn't even think that was that terrible. The shape of water, the color of water, something like that. Something about the water. I wanted to go drown myself in the water. No, nah, it actually wasn't that bad. But my review of The Irishman apparently made its way back to the K show because yesterday somebody... I, this is not my intent. Somebody had I saw somebody. It was not Don LaGreca. But somebody had said that the Irishman was better than Goodfellas. But yet people tweeted me that it was Don that said that's not who I heard it from somebody else who said it. It was not Don. I was not making a, a veiled reference. But Don also holds that opinion. And my name got brought up on the big K show yesterday. All right. So who, Wait, who, that's who, just, no, who not, at that's the just radio wasteful. station don't you like? That was your tease. Pay it so off. somebody at this radio station was in a Twitter conversation with one of their listeners. Okay. And mentioned that I had said that the Irishman is Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. I believe it's better than Goodfellas. And, I, and, and there's no bigger fan of Goodfellas than me. Matter of fact, it was on last night on like on a place where there were commercials and I, and I sat through because I just love that movie so much but I think the Irishman is 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 amazing okay so so curious to know what 
this person tweeted this individual to say, Don says it's it's perfection. And this person, by the name of Gordon Damer, said that the movie's terrible. Well, Gordon's terrible. Contrarian. No, he's that guy. Sometimes there are those guys. He's that guy. I love oh, him. Oh, no. I love him. I've known him since 1993. You cannot like The Irishman. You can think it's boring. You can think it's a little too long. To say it's terrible, that's just being that guy. But you know that's Gordon. But why be that guy? Just say, you know, it's not my cup of tea or uh, whatever. It's worked but, out perfectly but it, for it, Gordon. I think it's an amazing movie. I don't understand. And, why would he say but this? But it's terrible. Come on. How could you watch that movie and say it's terrible? It, Biodome, it, you could watch and say, you know what, this movie's terrible. I guess he thought, I'm, I'm did making... Did Scorsese do a Biodome too? No, he, he did, no, he, he did He's working on Biodome too, as we speak. I just, what did he, did he think like not enough happened or something? I, I tried to look through his timeline to find out what it is, what he has a problem with, but I just think, and I love him, but I've known him a long time, and I think because everybody universally loves this movie, you're now starting to see people come out of the woodwork that are trying to find flaws, that it's not good, that it's overrated. Fine, that's happened. That happens nowadays. But terrible? Yes, terrible. And I like how Don's point was, you can say it's long, you can say it's boring, but terrible. Well, Don, if it's long and boring, it's terrible. Yes, that's the point. And I guess Don is not a frequent listener to the podcast. I'll tweet it out after the show because he didn't actually hear what my points are. But they're all things, and it's funny because it has all these great reviews, this movie, but I have more and more people coming up to me that hear me talk about it, and they're like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Nobody can look at that movie, the first half of the movie, and look at Robert. Robert De Niro is supposed to be portraying somebody who's about 35 years old. He's a 75-year-old man. And I, I heard a bunch of stuff about this technology that's going to make him look younger. Game of Thrones was able to create dragons out of whole cloth. And yet they can make Robert De Niro, who's like 75, look like he's 72. I, I don't understand it. You cannot watch the first half of this movie when Robert De Niro is supposed to be a 35-year-old man and look at him and say, yeah, that looks right. It completely shatters your disbelief going into the movie. You have to have a, a certain amount of, right, you're just falling into the movie and you're just allowing it to, 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 to focus on it. And you have this thing that's screaming at you the entire time. This is wrong. This doesn't look right. We brought up the scene where he's fighting the guy in the street. He looks like a 75-year-old man. The guy who is acting, who's on the ground, that guy is, se- I mean, that guy is selling it. But you can't sell that. It's a long Boring movie. And I like how it's, oh, well, Gordon's that guy. I do a segment on the Saturday show, Nitpicks and Chill, where I tell you good things. And I come up with things that are excellent. But his main point is, how can you watch? Biodome is terrible. Right. Well, it's almost like sports. I didn't go into Biodome. I don't remember when I saw Biodome, but... I can tell you I did not go into Biodome with any expectations of it being good. I knew what I was getting, and I got it. When you say The Irishman, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci coming out of retirement, Al Pacino, who was terrible in the movie. How many people have played Jimmy Hoffa? I don't know what the rankings are. Pacino's at the bottom of the list. It's te- I kept waiting for, for Jimmy Hoffa to say, hoo-ah, like scent of a woman. It was te- he's terrible. 
So I didn't go into Biodome with any expectations. The Irishman, I went into with expectations, very high expectations. So it would be like Garrett Cole. If Garrett Cole, in his first season with the Yankees, pitches to an ERA of four and a half, how will you describe Garrett Cole's season? You will describe it as terrible. So yes, the Irishman, if you've seen it by now, if you've not seen it by now, it's not a good movie. And it is based on what your expectations are going in. Maybe the cinematography is really nice. Some aspects of this tour I, I brought up. I thought that uh, that uh, Pesci was excellent in it. Didn't just fall into the same routine of that kind of frenetic kind of pace. It's a different character. He acted in a different way. That's good. But the story is long. It's meandering. And it's a boring movie. And even Don says, you can say it's long. You can say it's boring. Yes, that means it's bad. But I'm being that guy. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And I love Don. Don loves me. We love each other. We've known each other forever. This is not an attack on Don. If I wanted to do that, I'd bring up the how he's ridiculous thinking that Die Hard's a, a Christmas movie. It's not. Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, we're running out of time already. I didn't even answer the poll question yet. Is that a bad job by me? I think it is. Uh, the poll question is uh, who should – we're getting an early read on who Giant fans want. Uh, and it seems like that I made the correction. Ron Rivera is the number one choice at least so far. Not at 50%, but uh, higher than everybody else. And the choices are Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule, and Jason Garrett. Um, I've heard a lot of that, right? And it would make kind of sense – from the fact that Gettleman and Rivera, you would think, have a relationship. I, I can understand why Giant fans would want Ron Rivera. I don't understand exactly why Ron Rivera necessarily would want the Giants. Now, generally, in the past, it's been the Giants' job is one of those premier jobs. It's New York. Stability of ownership. But the problem is, if you're bringing Rivera in, I'm guessing that, that Gettleman is still going to be here. And considering how things have gone so far... There's at least a good possibility that you get to this point next year and the talk is that the GM's got to get blown out, right? Like, so why would Ron Rivera – this might be Ron Rivera's last shot to to get a, a head coaching job, right? Like, wherever he goes next, usually you don't get another shot after that. So this is a big decision for him, and he certainly seems like one of those names that's going to have a lot of options. Jason Garrett is one that it's he's trending higher than probably Pat Shermer would, but not by a whole lot. That's not the move that the Giants should be making. Although, if you had to say which one will get it, I wouldn't be all that surprised if Jason Garrett did get it. That wouldn't be the move that I would make. Really, to me, this one comes down to Matt Rule and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, if you go get Mike McCarthy, and there's a piece up by, I think it's somebody by NFL Network. Is it Tom Pelissaro or something like that? Go look, and uh, Mike McCarthy has what he's been doing while he's not been coaching, is he gets his entire staff together and they are basically running meetings like they're part of a team, even though they're not with a team right now. So Mike McCarthy, I know if I bring him in, he's a good coach. Matt Rule, kind of like Zach Wheeler, might have a higher ceiling, but also might have a lower floor. And at this point, I don't know that necessarily that the Giants can take that risk. I think they need a little bit of credibility with the way things have gone. So that's the poll question. That's the show. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.